Hello. Welcome. Welcome to episode 46 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is the Mike Dumps or Mike Bruno Spectacular. What we have here is a little talk I had with Mike a couple weeks ago, plus a few songs by bands that Mike Bruno is part of or a member of. Mike Bruno has quite the catalog of bands he's been in. He really does. Iron Sheik, Adult Magic, Down in the Dumps, to name a few. The key here, the key here for me, every band that Bruno has something to do with is a fucking great band. I'm serious, too. I mean it. The dude has the Midas touch as far as bands go. The same also goes for Mike's label, Dead Broke Records. We're going to hear a few words about Dead Broke Records here soon. I won't go into a bunch of detail about the record label right now, but I don't think there is a Dead Broke Records release that I do not like. That says a lot. You know what? Because I am picky as shit when it comes to music. It may not seem like it because I do kind of cover a lot of different music on this. Kind of, sort of. But yeah, I'm picky. I'm really picky when it comes to music. Want to check out a somewhat complete list of the bands that Bruno has been in? It's kind of an ever-changing thing that uh, he doesn't necessarily have everything to do with himself. Well, go to this Discog site. Check it out. The web address is www.discogs.com slash artist slash 147-3855 dash dumps. That's dash D-U-M-P-S. Yeah, tell them uh, Shaggy Two Dumps sent you. And look for the Donald Dumps reference on there. It's kind of an inside joke for Mike, in a way. It's it's some pretty funny shit. Well, check it out. Let me say a few words about how I met Mike Bruno before we get to the talking interview kind of part with Mike himself. Kind of set the stage for what's to come, as it were. I've loved one of the bands that Mike has been in for a long time, Iron Sheik. I would say since maybe around 2013 or so, something like that. Yeah, it's a good seven years or so. Cutesy Monster Man. Come on. Literally one of the best songs ever written. For me, it's a fucking great song. That song was my introduction to Iron Sheik, by the way. And how was I introduced to that song? Via a live video I saw on YouTube, which was filmed at VLHS in Pomona, California, when Iron Sheik played a show there. Uh, R.I.P. VLHS, by the way. 2017 rolls around, and Tilt Wheel is looking to play some shows on the East Coast with Boston's greatest band of all time, which is with Dix. Don't laugh at the name. It's supposed to be funny. That was in the spring of 2017 was our goal for doing a few shows with Witches with Dix. Things start to get set up for the shows. Uh, The shows were set to happen in May of 2017, to be exact. And guess what? Iron Sheik was going to play two of the three shows we had with Witches with Dix. The Iron Sheik shows on that little tourish kind of thing We're at a place called Mr. Beery's in Bethpage, New York, and that's on Long Island, to be specific. That's where Mike Bruno and Iron Sheik are from. The last show of this very short tour, long weekend kind of thing was in Trenton, New Jersey, at a place called Mill Hill Basement, New Jersey. Wait a minute. That's where I was born and raised until I was eight years old, at least. So not really raised, raised for a little bit. I was born in South Jersey. The show was in North Jersey. I hadn't been back to Jersey since I was eight years old. Okay. So I thought this would be a great chance for me to kind of visit the old homestead, visit my like beloved aunt Becky, my father's sister, and a few of my cousins that still live out there. Right. Kind of a bittersweet thing to go back to South Jersey for me too. Because it'd be the first time I'd been able to visit both of my grandmother's graves as they're both buried in my old hometown. And let me just say, I really, really wanted to get to my old hometown. That town was called Millville, New Jersey, on this tilt wheel trip, no matter what happened. I like, if we were that close and I didn't go, I would have been like fucking devastated. So before the trip, before this little tour, I asked Davey. How can I make this happen? How do you think this can work out? You know, when can I kind of break apart from the group and go to Jersey? And how the fuck am I going to do it? I mean, we weren't driving ourselves. Here's how it went. We flew into Boston overnight, took a red eye on a Wednesday night. The first show was on Thursday night in Alston, Massachusetts. All right. Which is kind of like, yeah, kind of sort of part of Boston in a way. We were driving around to the other, you know, all these shows, these three shows 
with all the guys and witches with dicks. Then on Sunday morning, after this thing's all over, we were flying out of the Newark, New Jersey airport, like really early. We we're supposed to fly out at like 6.30. We didn't end up flying out until closer to noon. That's a fucking another story for another time. We'll get to that in like Tilt Wheel Part 12, I think, probably. Yeah, yeah, something like that. This whole thing was, it was really kind of a fucking whirlwind three-day thing. Really, we went Boston, Long Island, New York. I went down to South Jersey. Then we had a show in Trenton on Saturday night. Then we flew out of Newark on Sunday, like late morning, early afternoon kind of thing. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. But that's how Shit Wheel does things. Fuck, parachute in, fuck shit up, airlift out of there. Tilt Wheel, Tilt Wheel is the 101st Dumborn of punk rock. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what dumb, Dumborn. Stupid joke. Davey told me when I was trying to get this all sorted out, why don't you hit up Mike Bruno? Maybe he can help you out, help you kind of figure things out, help sort things out for you. So I did. And yeah, guess what? Bruno, he totally helped me make this whole thing happen. We talked before the trip. He kind of gave me some information. You know, you can take the train from where I, near I live and eventually get to where you need to go. This is what I needed to do. There was a train station right down the street from Bruno's house in Ronkonkoma, where we were staying after the Bethpage show. Fucking say that town's name three times fast. No, do it right now. Ronkonkoma, Ronkonkoma, Ronkonkoma. Fuck you. I did it. Again, I am actually really good at that. Ronkonkoma. So after a very drunken night playing with Witches with Dicks and Iron Sheik at Mr. Beery's in Bethpage, New York, Long Island, uh, where I got completely fucking Long Island drunk, which I made that up, by the way. I know I'm good. I am good. That kind of means just drunk as shit. By the way, I woke up at Bruno's house that Saturday morning after about three hours of sleep. I took a shower. I ate shit really bad on the way out of the shower. I woke up Mike, and he gave me a ride to the train station. And there we go. I mean, wait, I do want to say, I almost fuck died in Mike Bruno's shower. I'm totally serious. You know those infomercial things you'll see clips of and kind of like compilation clips of? online these like how do white people survive kind of thing you know sitting down on the couch with a bowl of popcorn and the fucking thing like flies in your face because the recliner kicks in and shit that's what happened to me getting out of mike bruno's shower oh boy you know think those old slapstick comedies slippery surfaces flying limbs so yeah a uh, very very hungover me Got a ride from Mike down to the train station near his house. Got on the train, rode all the way down Long Island to Penn Station in New York City. Took the train from Penn Station to Philly. My cousin picked me up. I had a pretty fucking great day in my old hometown. Pretty bittersweet, too. I mean, it had been almost 40 years since I had been back there. Oh, and I can't forget to mention this right now. Dunkin' Donuts and that coffee. I lived on Dunkin' Donuts for three days. Dunkin' Donuts coffee, specifically, I should say. It's so good and so cheap. Uh, my hat's off to you, Dunkin'. I could not live without you on that trip. So from South Jersey, my cousin Cody, hello, Cody, by the way, thank you so much for that, still to this day, gave me a ride from South Jersey to our show in Trenton. We played the show, hung out with my cousin Cody, all our new friends in Witches with Dicks and Iron Sheik, and flew home the next day. Such a fucking rat trip. I will never forget that. It was so great. So that was my introduction to Mike Bruno and the rest of the guys in Iron Sheik. And Mike had a lot to do with helping me make that whole thing, this little side trip I took, happen. I'll never forget him for that. That was super, super rad. The conclusion of this kind of intro piece is this. Mike Bruno, he's a rad guy. I've been wanting to get him on the Bobcast since the very, very beginning. Since I very first started this, I thought he is going to be a great guy to interview and talk to because he has done so much shit, has been in so many great bands, his label, and he's a rad dude. So there you go. Here we are with some songs that Bruno has something to do with and a talk with him we had not too long ago. There is also going to be some horror movie trivia in this episode because I noticed when we were staying at Bruno's house for that night, he had a ton of horror movie posters all over his place. So I figured, hey, horror movie trivia, that'll be good, right? Be fun and good. Back there at the very beginning, we had a Down in the Dumps song called Ex Brothers and Ex Lovers. And by the way, that is Mike singing on that song. More music is coming up throughout this episode. After I finish yapping here, we'll have a few words from our dear friends at Dead Broke Records. And then it is the song Aiken by Adult Magic. 
Then we'll get to the part where Mike and I are talking about stuff. In the middle of that talking part, we'll get another quick break to hear from our friends at Mouse and Monkey Button Company and the Iron Sheik song, The Old Man of Crete. Now, that song is on the Dead Broke Records, Iron Sheik, Toys That Kill, Split, LP, or Full Length that came out in 2018. That is a fucking great, great record, by the way. I love it. The Iron Sheik songs on that split, full length, were recorded in the same session that Iron Sheik did for the 2017 record, You Can't Stay Here, which is a fucking great record as well. The song, The Old Man of Crete, is a song that Mike wanted on that You Can't Stay Here full length, but it did not quite make the cut. Well, here it is in all of its glory. After that little interlude, we'll come back, finish off the talk with Mike, then we'll have one more song, the Iron Sheik song, Let's Get Dangerous. Now, that song, that Let's Get Dangerous by Iron Sheik, that is absolutely my favorite Iron Sheik song of all time. And a lot of that has to do with the lyrics. The fucking lyrics are so good. Listen to these lyrics. From This is the very first lines of this song. Listen to this. You were a wide-eyed kid with failure drilled into your head. And what's fucked up is you went and got used to it. You got blindsided, caught in a loop that never ends. It's like a wound that never mends. You went and made peace with it. Holy shit. Isn't that heavy? That's heavy. Doesn't that fuck like just punch you right in the stomach when you hear it? Because what do you think? You think that was me when I was a little kid. You're like happy go lucky. Everything's great. And then life comes along and just fucking knees you in the nuts. And that is in this song, put to words beautifully, perfectly. Thank you, Jason Lebrano. I do. That's fucking great. I love it. I absolutely love it. So that is my very, very favorite Iron Sheik song. And I think that is the perfect way to end this episode. Before we get to the episode, beer? Beer talk on this one? Yeah, I'm having a beer. I am. I just got to say, this is going to be the way it's going to be for the time being. I have no Plan 9 beer to talk about. And I am having fucking withdrawals. I am having a beer right now, but it's not the same. It's not a Plan 9 beer. I'm very sorry. Plan 9 is open, however. My lack of getting out there to get beer is on me, not them. They will do growler fills. You can get food takeout only. And they do also have food delivery available via Grubhub. Plan 9 Ale House is located at 155 East Grand Avenue in downtown Escondido, California. You can reach them by phone at 760-489-8817 or via the internet at www.plan9alehouse.com. Let's get to it. First, a few words from our friends at Dead Broke Records, then the adult magic song, Aiken. Stay tuned. I have a lot of praise and great things to say about Dead Broke Records, but you know what? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Visit the Dead Broke Records Bandcamp page at www.deadbrokerds.bandcamp.com. That's www.deadbrokerds.bandcamp.com. And click on the 2019 Dead Broke Records Sampler, also known as the Year of the Pig Sampler. Simply look for the record on the Dead Broke Bandcamp page with the image of a Godzilla-sized Miss Piggy rampaging through a cityscape. Click on the image and start listening. This sampler gives you a great idea of what to expect from every Dead Broke Records release. I guarantee you will fall in love with one of these amazing Dead Broke bands. My favorites? I'm glad you asked. My favorite Dead Broke Records bands are Adult Magic, Porcupine, Chilton, Ezra Cohen, Hidden Spots, Iron Sheik, Down in the Dumps. Really, the list goes on and on and won't ever stop, and you'll be doomed to listening to me talk about my favorite releases on Dead Broke Records for all eternity. So visit www.deadbrokerecords.bandcamp.com or go to www.deadbrokedistro.com. That's www.deadbrokedistro.com. D-I-S-T-R-O.com and check out the tons and tons of vinyl records, CDs, cassettes, zines, and clothing for sale. Not just Dead Broke Records releases either. Dead Broke Records truly has it all.
Welcome to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Hello, Mr. Mike Bruno. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, Bob? I'm okay. I'm okay. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few questions about some stuff. There will be some horror movie trivia questions thrown in here because I know you're a big horror movie guy. When I was at your house a few years ago, the posters you had hanging all around your house kind of told me so. Yep. Yeah, is that a fair? Okay, all right. Yep. Here's the deal. I'm going to ask you seven questions, kind of spaced throughout this thing. If you can get four of those seven questions correct, I will send you a surprise prize package in the mail just for you for participating in this little game. If not, you're shit out of luck, okay? All right, no pressure. <laughs> nope, no pressure. No, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me how you got the name Mike Dumps. Was it from being in the band Down in the Dumps way back when? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, just a silly, you know, punk name from the band. Uh, signed a couple emails or letters as Mike Dumps, and here we are. And every, here we are today. Everybody now knows you as Mike Dumps. Was that kind of your first, like, real band or, you know, first kind of active band that put out records and toured and did stuff like that? Yeah, that was the first uh, band that ever you know, really played much outside of Long Island and, you know, released real records and stuff. I mean, I had a band before that that was actually like the first Dead Broke release, this band Dobbler, but it was just a local band with some friends. But yeah, Down in the Dumps was was the main band that just got me connected to uh, the DIY world, out, world outside of Long Island for sure. Gotcha. You, what was the name of the, the first band you were in? Uh, it was called Dobbler, like uh, like Lloyd Dobbler. Dobbler, and that that was the very first Dead Broke record too. Dead Broke 001. Yep. Oh shit! First, what? Uh, when what? Like the demo? Ah shit! That was two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Wow, eighteen years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. You were talking before we actually. I started recording about you had to kind of postpone your eighteen year show for Dead Broke, right? Because of coronavirus. Yeah, stuff. I mean, I, it's it's. I have the date still. I postponed like the lineup announcement. Really, just kind of playing it by ear. Since it's in the end of May, I'm not sure if it's still going to happen with all this shit going on. If not, we'll postpone it so it's uh, you know, a little later on and and just safer for everybody. If if the world is still in disarray. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a smart thing to do for sure. You have not seen the Discog site that is dedicated to you and it's just a discog site for dumps. Is that right? You didn't know anything about it. <laughs> no, I did not before you. I mean, I figured, you know, there were, there was some stuff on there, but uh, yeah, I didn't know it was going to be as extensive as it <laughs> it's is. It's pretty, pretty extensive. I was surprised. I was like, Oh, this has to be, it has all your stuff. It has like, it has adult magic stuff. It has iron chic stuff. It has all kinds of stuff on there, but it also does throw like an AKA Donald dumps on you in there as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Now what, what came first for you? Was it dead broke first and then iron chic? I mean, is, was iron chic? What, when did iron chic kind of start for you? Well, iron chic was first on dead broke before I was in the band actually. Uh, oh, really? Were, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were like friends of mine. I had, you know, Down the Dumps and Jones in and Get Bent and all the bands I was in at the time were doing all of our recordings with Phil. You know, I've pretty much everything I've recorded in the last 15 plus years has pretty much been with him with the exception of one or two records. Oh, wow. I didn't even know Phil and, was like uh, a sound. Does he have his own studio or something? Yeah, it is a studio. It's in it's in the basement of his house, and it's oh. where we recorded every single Iron Sheik song ever. No, no shit. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, we are pretty hands-on about everything. You know, LeBron does all the art. Yeah, Bill yeah, does all the yeah. recording. I released the record. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, Iron Sheik was on the label for a bit. We had released the tape of their demo in 2008 and then the first 
seven inch EP shitty Rambo shortly after. I guess that had to be oh nine. Oh nine or something, yeah. And then basically the band was going through some member changes. They were gonna break up. Phil was gonna move out to Olympia and we were gonna play one last show at the fest. They asked me to fill in because their bass player had just uh been removed from the band. Oh. And I was putting out their record, so they said, will you play the fest with us as a fill-in? And I absolutely did it, and here we are. We never <laughs> we wow. never broke up. And uh, Yeah, so I, I guess that was, I joined Iron Cheek probably 2010, late 2009, something like that. And the first release I was on was the first album, not the- like this. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Question for you. Is there, is there an Iron Sheik song that every time you guys play, people want you to play like one specific song? I'm, I'm kind of getting at something here. Is there one song people are like, play this song in particular? And you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. I guess we can play it. Is there anything like that for you guys? <laughs> I mean, not like specifically a song that's requested, but we have been playing a lot of songs off the first album for you know 10 years now. yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> like yeah specifically i mean you know say a song like time cop is a song we've probably played every single show since i've been in the band oh shit really so every, like, every can... once in a while every once in a while a song like that I'm like oh, fuck again so it was nice working. We've been working a lot more new shit into the set list, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, it's still fun to play those songs, though. There's not really one specific song that I dread to play or anything like that. Gotcha, gotcha. So you still love everything that you guys have done. I mean, you're you're happy with it, and it, there's not a, like, yeah, oh, God I guess damn it, it's I a little it again. It's a little different perspective too, I guess, because I was a huge fan. Before I was in the band. Yeah, you there, know, they there were you on, go. Yeah, yeah. They, they were on my label. They were good friends of mine. You know, I probably would have done the album anyway, even if I wasn't on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I generally love Phil Lebrano's songwriting, like, a lot. So there's, there's not any songs I really dread playing. They're a good team. I mean, you guys all together, it sounds fucking fantastic. But, no, I, I can tell you, between the lyrics and Phil, like, yeah, that's you guys are tight. Now... What I was trying to get you to say was QT Monster Man, but that didn't happen. Because when you <laughs> <laughs> when you look on YouTube and you go, oh, let's put in Iron Sheik. It's like every other song is QT Monster Man. It's like, God damn it. They have way more songs than just that one song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's hard to kind of get sick of that song because that's like the one song that people always just like kind of pop off for. Yeah. And we've we've been starting the set with that song for a long time. We've kind of been like had two bookend songs that we start and finish the set with for a long time. So it kind of just gets, what's the last song? Uh, Cosmic future is always the last song. I mean, we'll do, an encore another song after it or something like that but even more consistently than qc monster man being the first song i'd say cosmic future has like been the last song of every set like pretty much oh cool okay All right. and you don't and you're not sick of playing qc monster man or anything like that yeah no not yet i mean <laughs> <laughs> it helps that we don't really practice uh old songs we don't really tend to you know, before a tour, we'll run through a set. You know, we have a moderately new drummer that's been with us for a year or two, so he doesn't know the entire catalog. So we'll run a set or something like that. But generally, in the entire existence of this band, we don't really practice old songs. Yeah, like you don't years. sit through and just jet like, okay, let's play this one that's 10 years old or whatever. It's like you guys are kind Right, of- it's kind of just like you got to know this <laughs> by now. Yeah, yeah. As many times as, as many tours as you guys have done and played that stuff. That's cool. I love the song. I just wondered, like, like I said, when you YouTube, it's like, God damn it, man. They have way more songs than this. And I love that song, too. But what's the most fun you've ever had with Iron Sheik? Is there a specific time that you can remember as being like, oh, this, that was like the best year or that was the best like week or like maybe a specific tour? Or is it the whole thing kind of been just a super fun time for you? God, it's so hard. There's so many 
you know what I mean? So many different memories and different periods of the band. I mean, some of our some of our early European tours were definitely probably the most exciting for us just to see the reaction and see how many people, you know, give a shit about us over there and kind of a I new mean, experience I, for you too in a way going, yeah, going there, someplace new. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a specific Rose Rock set that stands out to me. I'm not sure if it's I think it was the first time we played Rose Rock. Uh, there's definitely a video on YouTube of it. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. People on stage the entire time. There's no like barricade or security. They're just letting people run all over the stage the whole time. It was fucking crazy, and it was really fun. It was kind of scary, but <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, that that definitely stands out to me. Oh, cool. All right. Now, does um. <laughs> Does the fact that Phil always wear a hat, does that ever get to you? And you go, man, take that fucking hat off, Phil. You know, you're a good looking man. You don't have to wear that hat all the time. <laughs> these, yeah, I mean, these are Phil, my Phil, like uh, observations. You know, that I'm talking I about. mean, you and everybody else is like, yeah, okay, Phil, okay, has def- good, Phil good. has definitely gotten plenty of uh, remarks about the hat. And, uh, <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing joke within the band. Like, how do you get that hat to stay on your head all the time? He'll never, he'll <laughs> never tell. He'll never, he'll never tell. Yeah, I mean, it's like we we make fun of each other so much. I mean, it's like we're all pretty close and and we go pretty hard on each other. But I mean, I think that's like a key ingredient to being able to spend eight months a year or seven months a year on the road with somebody. You know? Oh God, you got to be able to joke with each other and not take things oh, too yeah. seriously. Yeah, yeah. Or you go, you yeah. go nuts. There's so. definitely been people that have been on the road with us that couldn't quite handle the joking. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't last as long. But yeah, I mean, we we're pretty ruthless to each other, so. The hat definitely comes up a lot. The hat does come up. Okay, good, good. <laughs> All right, let's hit you with your first series of three trivia questions here. Question number one: Who directed the film Cannibal Holocaust? Uh, Cannibal Holocaust of Ruggiero Diodato. You got it. Uh, yep, you got that I mean, one. Right. I'm not sure if I said it right. I'm. I'm a bad Italian American, but Italian <laughs> Italian horror specifically is what I am very into. Oh, g- g- fantastic! Because there's a few of them that are about like Italian American horror movies too. So, yeah, G- Giallo is my uh, is my shit. So, cool. Okay, great. Good. Good. Okay, now what year was the movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre released? Seventy seven. Oh, wrong. 74. 1974. 74. How did I get that wrong? That's your favorite movie ever. Right decade. You're, you're on the right track there for sure. All right, next question. I got punk rock on the brain, you know? <laughs> I know I'm throwing you a curveball here. It's like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to be all over the place. Don't worry about it. All right, next question. What is the name of the ghost hunting couple from the Conjuring series of movies? That I do not know. I have not seen the Conjuring. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It was Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, okay. Bonus. Yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a uh, old school horror snob. I don't watch much new horror, but I know that's not that new, but still new enough for me to have not seen. It's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would agree, though. I think that is kind of like part of the whole new generation of horror. So quick note. Like, what do you think? Have you seen the movie Us? Or- that I really liked a lot. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here, let I'm me very, give you... I'm very stoked for the Candyman. Yeah, yeah me, uh, too. me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'll give you this question if you can answer the bonus question on that one. What location near where you live on Long Island did the warrants investigate and declare to be a real haunting, even though most other people said it was a hoax? Amityville? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to give you that one then. If you you got that one, you're good. That whole reason the whole Amityville thing came up was the Warrens were kind of famous like paranormal investigators at the time. And the people, the Lutzes that lived in that house called them and said, hey, can you come see what's going on here? They went and Lorraine Warren specifically said, yeah, it's legit. Yeah, there's some crazy shit going on there. 
other people came in after that. And then, you know, the book and then the movie and yada, yada. Other people came in and said, no, the whole thing was a hoax. And, you know, they came up with, they got drunk one night and said, hey, let's fuck with people and we'll make this haunted house story up out of it. So it's like uh, there, there's been controversy about the Warrens ever since then. Like, are they legit or are they just like publicity hounds or something like that? You know, so. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge like Amityville horror fan. I guess I would be uh, a bad Long Islander if I wasn't. You would be. And, you know, it's funny. I see you guys had there's a venue in amityville that you guys kind of play here and there have off and on right yeah i mean here's a little tidbit of info for you too so that's like basically our home base amityville music hall it's run by some friends of ours it's like pretty much the best venue on the island but that's where we filmed our music video for best friend from the last record at Amityville Music Hall, and if you look in the video, you'll see the Amityville house if you look hard enough. Oh, okay. Okay, is that the the video with the hearse driving around town and stuff? Sure is. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to revisit that. I just I have a hard. It looks, it looks quite different because they changed the windows, but the hearse definitely drives past the Amityville house in the video. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I just have to get over my fear of watching. The hairy, um, almost naked man running on the beach in the part of the video. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's all about. But. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, I do. I like the video. I like the guy where the guy's riding the bike and then part of the bike's on fire through part of it or something like that. Oh yeah, that's his, that's our good friend. He's a psycho. It was, it was his idea. It was great. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. <laughs> Why is an iPhone 10 perfect for an orphan? Because it doesn't have a home button. What did the police officer say to his belly button? You're under a vest. Last one. How did the button get away with murder? He pinned it on someone else. That last one does actually refer to the type of buttons we're talking about here just in case there's any confusion. All joking aside, Mouse and Monkey Button Company make the finest custom buttons in all of the kingdom. All the lands? Well, whatever. Mouse and Monkey can also make custom keychain bottle openers, magnetic bottle openers, custom pocket mirrors, and more. Simply go to www.mmbuttonco.com. That's www.mmbuttonco.com. B-U-T-T-O-N-C-O dot com for more information. You can also email Mouse and Monkey at mmbuttonco at gmail.com or text area code 909-991-6666 to get your custom project started with Mouse and Monkey Button Company. Why delay? Do it today.
speaking of horror movies, do you have one kind of specific favorite horror movie out of all that vast sea of horror movies? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think, is definitely my one of my favorite movies ever made. So it's hard to just say it's my favorite horror movie because it's just straight up my favorite movie. To, uh, uh, but as far as horror goes, yeah, I really love zombie, culture zombie. And uh, House by the Cemetery is also a favorite of mine. Cool. cool. Now, do you, do you have a favorite kind of genre of horror movies, like a slasher? Or, slasher, think, definitely, all the way. All the way, okay, kind of like the gorier, the better kind of thing? Yeah, sleazy, New York City-style slasher movies, giallo, Italian slashers, pretty much it all goes back to slasher. Like I'm, I'm huge into 70s and 80s slasher movies. Cool. Have you seen any of the kind of newer, newer genre of uh, slasher movies? Like the new, uh, new Halloween or anything like that? Yeah, I, I did see the new Halloween. I like that. Every once in a while, I'll see a new movie from a recommendation from a friend or something, but they know it's got to be pretty good and gory for me to watch it. So It's got to live up to classics of the 70s and 80s to kind of meet your... Yeah, gotcha, for sure. Gotcha. So I can't really think of any off the top of my head that I've seen, but... Yeah, not much, not much in that genre kind of stands out in recent memory, right? No, no, not at all. No, gotcha. Okay. Here's another question. I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit. Talking about kind of your favorite things here, who's your favorite band of all time? Is that a is that a tough question for you? Do you have one band where you're like, oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's a tough question, but it always goes back to the to the same thing, and it's it's gonna be you know gonna be Green Day, definitely. Oh, good, good, all right. I what... mean, it's a, you know that's the Cure is also very very close. They are one of my favorite bands of all time, but Green Day is the reason why i'm in the world that i'm in now so kind of kind of got you into punk rock in some ways and kind of yeah, uh, that yeah. Also and i hope i it. wouldn't have to specify that i mean early green day I guess. right have you <laughs> heard the new I, record I, I, did i hear it the brand yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't liked green day in a really long time i pretty much stop it I guess warning. I mean, American Idiot is cool, and I definitely like some songs off it. But yeah. I think the last great Green Day record was definitely Nimrod. And uh, oh, that's a I fucking think. under under underappreciated and fucking fantastic record. Yeah, yeah, but for sure, like you know, Thirty Nine Smooth, Kaplong, Suki, Insomniac. That's usually what I'm listening to when I listen to Green Day. Those are the kind of, that's kind of been a, a staple of yours for a long time then, yeah. Oh, yeah, as long as I can remember. I've been a, a diehard, old-school Green Day fan, for cool. sure. Cool, that's good, that's good. I mean, the, the two of my other favorite bands are definitely The Replacements and, and Goo Goo Dolls, too. So I oh, no, 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 you just scored more points with me by saying that. <laughs> no, no, I know, because you, me, and, like... Paul, the dude that used to play drums in Tilt Wheel, we might be the only people on earth that could say that and mean it be serious about it. Like, seriously. I fucking oh, love yeah, the I fuck. Dude, I love the Goo Goo Dolls, man. They're fucking great. Like, yeah, I fuck with them heavy. You're in a few different bands. How many bands are you in currently, would you say? Just two right now. Oh, yeah. So Adult Magic and Iron Cheek, and that's it? Yeah, it's probably the least amount I've been in in a, in a long time, which is nice. Do you does Adult Magic do any touring? Do you guys ever get out of town or anything like that? Yeah, we do. I mean, for a while we were just kind of working things around when Iron Sheik was free. Kind of reason why it took us two years to finish our album and yada yada. But we have, uh, you know, we just the last thing we did was we hopped on a European tour with Iron Cheek and we opened every night. We did that. You know, we've done some West Coast stuff, I think. No, not, not, I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> it all blends, it all blends together, but I've definitely, we've definitely traveled and done some out of state stuff, a few weekends and stuff like that. So we're trying to do more with it, especially since like Sheik's just chilling, hunkering down right now. For a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to do a West Coast thing and a UK thing and some shit like that. But, uh, yeah, we try and do as much as we can. We'd like to do more, definitely. 
does it make it easier having you and Jesse in both bands too? Uh, yeah, definitely for sure. Like the European tour, like she had, it was just, you know, like Germany, Belgium, whatever. It was like 10 days and, you know, me and Jesse were going to already be there. So yeah, yeah, we just had our drummer, Chris hop on and pretty easy to do stuff. I mean, doing double duty is not exactly the funnest thing, but it worked out a lot easier than we thought it would, especially over there in Europe. It's like some shows are like two bands and she, she plays for like an hour or so to play twice it was a little scary but we did great and it was a lot easier than i thought yeah oh that's cool good good all right for the record i fucking love that adult magic record it's good thanks man it's yeah, definitely we worked pretty hard on it it sounds like it like i can tell those songs are pretty well thought out and like you said i mean it took you like two years but that was also the chic had that record that came out what like three years ago and you guys hit the road hard for that record, didn't you? You guys were gone for almost like a year straight or something, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, we did like seven, eight months a year for the last like two years. Yeah. So that, okay, yeah, yeah. The adult magic, do you think, is it kind of nice to do that? Like, oh, I can come into this and just kind of, we can take our time and write songs the way we want to and just kind of have fun with it. Not as much of a serious thing as Iron Sheik. Yeah, for sure. It's more of a you know, creative outlet for me also. I've always, the whole time I've been uh, in Iron Sheik, I've always had other bands where I write and sing, you know, Probate, Wax Phantom, all the different bands that I've done over the years. It's just, you know, we we all structure the Sheik songs together and we all have the hand in, in making the songs what they are. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's Phil writing the songs and we're Brandon writing the lyrics. So I always, like to have an outlet for me to write lyrics and sing and write music so yeah it's definitely it's definitely well needed keeps you grounded too you know yeah yeah yeah, it's nice to uh it's easy to lose uh perspective on things when you're doing these tours and playing a lot of people every night you know we come back and we'll do adult magic weekend and play to three people in the kitchen you know make sure appreciate sure. what you have <laughs> right right kind of but yeah like you said puts it in perspective yeah it makes you really appreciate how uh lucky we are that's sure sure oh that's cool man all right let's hit you with trivia round two question number four where did the principal filming take place for 1978's dawn of the dead where is that mall where is that mall i knew it's in a mall so yeah yeah you're ahead of the game all right you're definitely ahead of the game it can just be it can be general geographical region too it doesn't have to be the exact place (sighs) illinois nope nope pittsburgh pennsylvania it was actually uh monroeville what but it's right outside of Monroeville, yeah the monroeville mall monroeville mall that's it okay question number five what is the name of the 1959 movie featuring Vincent Price, where he plays an eccentric millionaire that offers $10,000 a piece to five people if they can stay an entire night in the house? No clue. Oh. I'm failing this miserable. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> You're still in the running, I think, because really, but it was a house on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted House Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't fuck with the really old shit too much either. I think I, I tried to kind of do a big blanket of movies with this, but it might Yeah, for sure. I mean you're doing a good job. It's it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Last question of this series, then there's only one more after this. This is kind of like the final Jeopardy is the the very last one. But this one is in 1979's film Phantasm. What does the tall man do with the dead bodies that he procures? This I knew this one, but I had to be reminded of it, and it's been a while since I've seen that movie too. But I, when yeah, I, you know what? I've it. Phantasm took me a really long time to finally see it and get into it, so I don't remember offhand. But great fucking movie. Turn, turns them. He turns them into something. Yes, I'm going to give you that one. You're close enough because he would turn them into zombies to use as slave labor on his home planet because apparently he was not of the earth. Remember, they were like little short hooded yeah, creatures. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so I'm going to I'll give you that one because you knew he turned them into something. Good enough. Good enough. All right. So only a couple more questions. What do you got coming up? New records. Is Iron Sheik working on a new record? You got anything 
planned with adult magic you know new as far as new stuff goes uh yeah i mean Sheik is just kind of taking the year off and hunkering down and writing songs and trying to hopefully do a new record, yeah, a new album. Adult Magic's really doing the same thing. I mean, we've been playing out more than Sheik and doing some shows and stuff like that. Really, just both bands are just writing and getting ready to, to do another album, for sure. Cool. Okay, great. So nothing planned 100% like this year, but maybe we'll see a new record from each band or at least one of them next by 2021 or so, you think? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's 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 hard to say because we we operate pretty differently than than most other bands I've been in. Where, like I said, we record all the albums, so we just write, and we're able to record every idea that we have. So sometimes when we go to make an album, Phil will go into his computer, and there'll be thirty, forty, fifty different song ideas that we've recorded over the last couple months, and Holy he kind of just goes through them and picks and chooses uh the ones yeah it's it's pretty crazy wow so he kind of go phil goes through then and it's like okay yeah this sounds good this and does he it like kind of patch them together sometimes and go well this part sounds good and then this part and then here we go here's a whole song kind of thing <sighs> not really i mean songs have definitely like reappeared again in different forms and different ideas and stuff like that but i think it's just like matter of him and Lebrano going through the music and seeing which what works with vocals and and which ones he's going to write lyrics to and stuff like that it's just you know practicing in the studio where we record the records it's it's a very different uh thing it's a very low pressure it's very uh undemanding you know oh that's great because we're not we're not rushed in the studio to to wrap up the record or write the record it's just when we're ready we start recording we usually track it in a weekend and you know pretty different yeah so you're not yeah like you're not rushed no no labels going you guys gotta put this out quick because i don't want you spending a thousand bucks a day or whatever in the studio you can just handle it all yourself and off you go kind of thing yeah i mean we were kind of like with this record we don't even know who's gonna really put it out and we're not really trying to figure that out just so that there's no pressure and we can just do what we've always done because we know if there's nobody we want to put it out i'll just put it out we can put it out ourselves you know we have the freedom to do that so it's it definitely helps take the pressure off making a record and just kind of do it organically that's cool man no that's great all right last question this is the burrito question <laughs> burrito <laughs> question <laughs> What is the best burrito you've ever had? Where did you get it? And what kind of burrito was it, do you think? If you can remember that, that is. It's a tricky one for a lot of people. It's a tricky yeah, one. Yeah, it is tricky, but it's not that tricky because I live in New York. And obviously my answer is going to be California. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, one that definitely stands out is in the Mission El Farolito. That was a great great burrito okay mission at san francisco yeah 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 and then oh, why can i not think of the name of it but there's a there's a restaurant in north park actually oh either Dave ranchos 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 yeah yep yep ranchos so we we always go to ranchos when we're in san diego usually oh good man good usually man. multiple fucking times good so that's like my new favorite burrito but yeah i mean the best burrito I've had previously was El Farolito, and many years ago I got a California style burrito with Jay Wang too, which I really like the California style with the French fries. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's my favorite. Top, top. Yeah, you that's don't my see that one. shit out yeah. here. You no. don't see that shit out here. Not, not the way they make it here too. There's something special they do. I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. All right, let's hit you with the final trivia question now. This one is fairly tough you might get this one though because it's very much supposedly the goriest movie ever made is what word on the street is or well word on the internet is what is the name of the main character or the kind of the hero of the story from 1992's peter jackson gore epic dead alive or brain dead dead alive great movie dead alive yes yeah that's the north american name for it correct Yes. Yeah, I think it was it was also called Brain Dead, right? Yeah, Brain Dead is like worldwide, I think, and Dead Alive was the North American release is what the title they gave it. 
But what was the name the name of the main character from that movie? Fuck, I don't I'm disappointing all of my fellow horror <laughs> fans so terribly with this. I swear it's the weed's fault, but I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> oh, you don't know so you don't know the answer for that one, huh? No. Lionel Cosgrove. Yes, of course. of course lionel yes okay you just missed it but guess what mike we will be sending you a consolation package of something in some way shape or form just for playing today so i appreciate it (laughs) you're welcome you're welcome i don't know what uh from the uh i want to party with bob archives we'll have to dig out something good for you so yes sir (laughs) all right mike cool man well thanks for talking to me today we both had some downtime for a kind of a bad reason, but at least we got to do something kind of cool today anyways. So. Yeah. I mean, thanks for wanting to talk to me. I appreciate it, man. Of course, man. You got it. You got it. All right, Mike, we'll take it easy and uh, yeah, stay safe. All right. All right. Take care, buddy. Uh, well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it quite a bit, honestly. Hopefully we're even in that regard. Thank you so, so, so much to Mike Bruno for taking part in this episode and also letting me use the songs that he let me use. I'll just say this shit is tight to avoid any further gushing on my part. Okay. Okay. Don't forget subscribe rate and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you all so, so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Here's Iron Sheik with the best song to ever come out of Long Island, New York. Let's get dangerous. 